from St. Joseph, Missouri, here is Travis Lee Hartman. That is why we are doing a podcast. We have faces for radio, not for TV. I'm going to stop there. This <laughs> really gets, it's really going to get discriminatory, I think, um, hmm. it, before we're... I would never do of that. Of course not, because we love everybody. E- E-L-E, everyone love everyone. This is going to be a good episode when we start with that. We, usually start it, with we that. usually end with it to try to get us feeling better. Uh-huh. We're starting better, uh-huh. and we're just going to fall on our faces. We are. It's all downhill from here. It's all downhill from here for episode 39, Weighing In with Travis Hartman. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're hearing my voice, if you're seeing my bright, shiny face, I'm B-Money. That over there is Weekend Trav. Thank you so much for tuning in and subscribing. If you're not subscribing, you might as well, uh, because we come to you once a week with this show. We also have some other stuff that we do. We just haven't done it in a little while, but we will. We will. We haven't yeah. missed an episode in But we haven't months? missed an episode in 39 weeks, and we're going to keep that uh, going. So thank you so much to our media partners, IF Enterprises, Gulfstream Financial, and TH Boxing. Thank you so much for your media support. So we can travel. We are here in the TH Boxing facility. Good to see you. It's great to see you, sir. And uh, I know you had a trip. We'll talk about that towards the latter part of the episode. Fantastic trip. So I'm glad that you came back in one piece. Which is, that actually is very thankful. Licking your wounds a little bit, probably? Yes. Chewing the crap out of that cigar? Okay. So, this is the point of the show where I usually say, let's just get this out of the way. Okay. Let's take a look at what what you're operating with. If you you followed us last week, I know the audio feed's a little different, but the video feed, you see this. (sighs) This is legitimate America. Last week he was wearing a onesie. I don't. I forgot it was like fireworks and stuff on it. This is pure on America. America. As of right now, we have 50 states and 50 stars on the flags, and I think there's probably 50 stars on this outfit, and there's a lot of stripes. Uh, going, a little extra. A little extra, but you know what? They needed some, uh, you know, extra print on the cloth. All of the flag. Onesie. All the flag haters out there would say that it's not proper to. to Display the flag on your clothes. Well, it's just just honestly, clothes, weekend people. trav. People just want to be upset at stuff. If it's not that, it's going to be something else. Sure. It's going to be oh, people weren't getting the vaccine, or oh, they're doing this <laughs> or that. I don't care. How we, dare you? We haven't even talked boxing yet. We it might take a minute. Last week we finally talked about politics for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. We started talking about shadow ban. We put something in the headline on on the audio feed on on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere, and then obviously YouTube and the video feed. And what a surprise. The numbers dropped quite dramatically week over week. Very dramatically. Huh. That's interesting. We went from like 10 viewers to 5. I'm just kidding. It's a little higher. (laughs) It's a little higher than that. And and by the way, our our audio numbers are pretty decent too. So if you're you're tuning in for some reason and uh, you just kind of hate our disgusting voices and appearance, our audio numbers look pretty good too and you can't see those, buddy. So, anyways, we're good on Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah. Check us out there. We're good on iTunes and everywhere else too. It's because better for the video, because frankly, I mean, we have like you mentioned earlier, we have uh, faces for radio, anyways. <laughs> Maybe that's why they don't want to see us on YouTube. But you look good. I look good. I got my my Mike Perry shirt on. My buddy Mike Perry supporting your UFC friends. Absolutely, he's he's fighting in April, I believe. I got to check on the date. So uh, I know he's doing well with his his uh, new baby and and his uh, his girlfriend's doing well. So you know, shout out to Mike Perry. Living it up down south. But this is mainly about boxing, not MMA. So let's jump into the boxing world weekend, Trav. We got a couple of things to talk about. We're going to digest uh, some news from Oscar De La Hoya in the middle part of the show. But I think it, up first, DAZN. DAZN's bringing it. They're bringing the heat every week, it seems like. So weekend, Trav, I'm going to toss it to you. And uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened on DAZN over the weekend. For most people that don't know DAZN as well, DAZN has... They kind of took over and filled that void, which was HBO. HBO was the big dog of boxing. HBO mm-hmm. had all of the big dogs. They had guys like Mike Tyson. They had guys like uh, Floyd Mayweather. So HBO was the cream of the crop. When HBO decided to stop doing boxing, that's when DAZN blew up and kind of took over. And that's where now you have uh, Anthony Joshua, heavyweight champion of the world. You have Canelo Alvarez. Um, He's middleweight, super middleweight, light heavyweight champion of the world. He's everything. But DAZN is that big of a deal. So with that being said, DAZN had some heavyweight fights that actually, they matter on the heavyweight division because Dillian White mm-hmm. was rematching Alexander Povetkin. 
Dillian White was winning the first fight um, pretty handily and then ended up getting knocked out by an uppercut by Alexander Povetkin. Alexander Povetkin is no joke. This guy was a gold medalist. This right. guy, um, I, I believe he was heavyweight champion in the world at one time as well. So the guy's legit. They rematched um, last night, which was Saturday night, on DAZN, and it was a great fight. But, well, I don't say it was a great fight. Dillian White looked phenomenal, the guy from the get-go. And even Alexander Povetkin, something looked wrong with him, walking into the ring even. Like, he had some kind of a different demeanor about him. I never, like, I don't know, it was weird. So I didn't have high expectations for him going into that fight. Mm. Honestly, he looked different. And Dillian White had a lot to prove because his only loss is the heavyweight champion of the world, Anthony Joshua. So he's trying to work his way back up to a fight there. However, Povetkin is standing in the way because of that loss. But they rematched pretty fast after. And Povetkin just was dominated the whole fight. I think he was hurt in the first round hurt consequently in the other rounds, and then finally Dillian White finished him off, and I think the, the corner actually ended up throwing the towel in, but the referee was waving it off as well, and then I seen the towel fly in. Yeah. So it was, it was all Dillian White. And the cool thing about that is, too, that fight, Dillian White, this is why people, boxing is a gentleman's sport, and people don't know what I mean by that. And what I mean by that is we do combat inside that ring, but when it's over... For most of us, for the true professionals, it's over. So in the middle of that fight, or not in the middle, but when the fight ended, Dillian White saw Alexander Povetkin standing on his feet. The doctors were checking him out. Dillian White went and got the stool from his corner, mm. carried it over, set it down, and put it down for Alexander Povetkin to sit in. Then he took the water bottle from the coaches. Dillian White's doing all this with gloves on, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Took the water and was dumping it over him to try to cool him off and was giving it to him. It was like crazy. Actually, I've never seen that. Yeah. I've seen I've seen him act very 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 kindly to their fighter, but Dillian White went above and beyond. So I think that needs to be pointed out. The sportsmanship that Dillian White showed after he knocked out and consequently beat um, Alexander Povetkin, he went over there like a gentleman. Mm. Was gracious one for the opportunity to have a rematch because Povetkin knocked him out. Didn't necessarily have to rematch him, but he did. Yeah, because that's what a true warrior does. And then he just. It was so like so much love in that arena that it was crazy. I loved it, but most people don't understand that. It's something that you actually have to go through. I feel like when you do battle with somebody else, it's like ultimate respect. You respect that yeah, guy, win think, or lose. You I respect think that's something that so unique across other combat sports too, not just boxing, but MMA, uh -huh. kickboxing, things along those lines. Because you know, you you mainly focus in on boxing, but I have a different background and and have been getting into the boxing world. So that is that sportsmanship. I get it. There's there's a lead up in in a lot of cases. You got to sell it's the fight. Entertainment at else. first. It's entertainment as, as well, and there is bad blood at some cases. But there, how many times have you all seen or watched a fight that was bad blood headed in, but on the way out, there was nothing but just listen. You you both went to war. There's now a new respect. You might you might not still like the guy, yeah, or a or a gal if it's a if it's a female fight. We're not talking we're not talking transgender, <laughs> but we're going to talk female, female, or male, or male. Um, but the respect level enters the equation yep. at that point you both have gone through something together yep. no one else knows what that's like because it's only a two-person ship yep so uh, you know hats off to them i saw that after the match that he was seeking them out and, and they had traded shorts and all that sort of good stuff too I, so, I, you know what i yep. didn't even see that part of it because i was pretty wore out so after i seen that and the decision i went to sleep but you got dillian white now is the interim heavyweight wbc uh heavyweight champ yep and so there's another name to throw into that heavyweight uh, discussion overall. When you look at the grand scheme of things, yep. not, not, not just um, um, uh, Fury, not just Anthony Joshua, not just, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Deontay Wilder? No, I forgot. Luis I, I forgot. He, yes, him. But yeah. Deontay Wilder, I guess he's still around somewhere. But you got another one now, Dillian White. I mean, he's... There are names out there. And These, that guy can fight. Yeah. He can really fight. The guy has a lot of talent. He's very skilled. You and look at him and you're like, oh, that guy just kind of looks, he looks strong, he looks kind of out of shape. But no, he's, he's, he knows what he's doing. He's put together well. He's he, put he's, together. He, he knows how to fight. Yeah. So it's, and it's an interesting um, division starting uh, to shape up to be. So. It is. And, there's, and that's, what, that's what the heavyweight division was missing was not just that one big-time fighter. They were missing the depth. Now they have depth. Mm -hmm. Now they have a couple guys that stand out. Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, for sure, they stand out in the crowd. But now you have other people coming up that, that can contend. And I think Dillian, not, I don't think, I know, Dillian White is now throwing his hat into that mix because he can fight. Yeah. His only loss is to Anthony Joshua. He can fight, yeah. like 100%. So it's, it's fun to see that um, evolve now in the heavyweight division and continue to evolve and continue to get exciting. It's even more exciting now because we still have Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua. 
we're guaranteed two fights with that. Yep. Phenomenal. So the winner or loser of those fights, I guarantee you Dillian White will get. Yeah. So he's got his chance to make a mark still. He's there. He's about a year or two away from a major big-time fight. And in boxing, a year or two, you think that sounds like a long time, but it's not. It'll fly by before you know it. So yeah. you have to put the time in. You have to put the effort in. And then you have to be patient. Well, enjoy his time now. 32 years, <coughs> 32 years old, interim heavyweight belt, uh, WBC belt. So congratulations on that victory. The DAZN card the rest of the evening uh, leading up to that main event. What else did you see coming out of that card? So there's a cool thing. I don't know if it's cool or not, but uh, Ricky Hatton has a son yep. named Campbell Hatton. He made his pro debut. Um, it, was, it was very – he won by decision. They put him in there with a, a very tough veteran guy, but – I think the nerves and the jitters kind of got to Campbell because he came out really hard and was swinging so hard. Mm. He ended up tiring himself out a little bit. Mm. But he ended up winning. He won all four rounds. It was a four-round decision. He won all four rounds, hands down. He did. But he's got work to do. He's got a lot of work to do. But he's got Matthew Hatton, which is his uncle, who's a pro. He's got Ricky Hatton, which is his dad. For sure, his only two losses were to Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. So he's got good genes. He's got good people around him that know the sport, that can train him to get there. So he, he's got a future. Um, I don't know how bright it is yet because it yeah. was super early. But I can tell you right now, watching his first fight, he's got a lot of work to do. I'm not saying he won't make something, but he's got a lot of work to do. And that's what's been always kind of interesting to me. I like looking at multi-generational things in sports. So, like, when you look at football, basketball, you tend to see that more often. You don't see it – I mean, you see it here and there, but you don't see it a ton in combat sports where there's the next generation – follows into their father's footsteps or maybe maybe down the road their mother's footsteps, right? You don't see that too much. It is here and there, or maybe you don't. But you don't see really any like greats out there that their fathers were greats. You don't yeah. see that often, and I don't, I don't know exactly why that is, but I can figure a little bit. These guys aren't as hungry because if their dads were world champions or successful, these kids didn't have to have it as hard yeah. as they did. So Ricky Hatton probably had it a little harder, had a lot to prove. This kid's got a lot to prove, but he's also got. The, that, that shadow to live up yeah, to, you, and that's where it's impossible You see sometimes. him get involved in different elements, training, things along those lines, but I just, I've always found it interesting. You don't see anyone stepping into the ring too much saying, oh, my father did this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know, so I've always found that a little interesting, whereas in football, basketball, other, other kind of sports, and you even, you even see it kind of crossover sometimes too. Oh, yeah, I remember his dad. I watched his dad. He was yeah. an awesome cornerback or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's always been kind of interesting for me, so that's cool to see a name, another Hatton, uh, throw his hat in the ring. Good one. Hey. It's also really cool, too, because <laughs> people, the thing about boxing was it would go up and down. The popularity would go up and down in the sport is because you see super popular guys, and then you wouldn't have anything coming up. Mm. We were worried. When Floyd Mayweather kind of stopped, we're like, oh, my gosh, who's going to carry the reins after Floyd's gone? Because Floyd was huge, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we have Canelo Alvarez. Mm-hmm. We have the heavyweight division now, Tyson for Anthony Joshua. And now I'm not saying that Campbell Hatton is going to carry that for sure. I'm not saying that. But we have a young crop of kids, Virgil Ortiz, uh, yeah, welterweight, for sure. 22 years old, uh, Ryan Garcia, 22, 23 years old. Yep. So this is what's really cool about boxing right now is we have these great fighters in Anthony Joshua, Canelo Alvarez, Tyson Fury up there. But now we have this young group coming up right behind them that is going to carry this sport mm-hmm. for a long time. And that's what I love to see about boxing is we're not going to have a lull in boxing for a little bit. It Boxing is a – it's – Listen, boxing is one of the most oldest combat sports, and I believe boxing was even mentioned in the Bible. So the word boxing is mentioned in the Bible. So boxing has been around. It's very traditional, and this is why when people always tell me, speaking of UFC, back in about, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years ago, Dana White made the comment. I know he's walked it back now. He made the comment, UFC is going to eat boxing alive. He's going to make boxing go extinct. Well, guess what? He was wrong because boxing is more popular than UFC. There's more fighters going over from UFC to boxing to make that money. So UFC is phenomenal. I'm not talking any smack sure. on it at all. Sure. All I'm saying is that Dana White was wrong. Yeah. He came out and said, and he's a businessman, so I know why he was doing it. It was very popular for, for a little bit, and it still is, but it's never going to be more popular, at least in the coming years, than boxing. Maybe way, way down the road. But with the people we have coming up and the current superstars and the, and the crop coming up, yeah. we're going to be around for a long time, boxing yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, when you look at a lot of those old disciplines like that, pugilisticness, or even like wrestling. Wrestling has been around, I'm talking like real, real wrestling, has been around since... Greco-Roman wrestling. Since the Roman days or yep. since way back, uh, even before that. I don't know, I'm not a historian. But it's inherent in our nature as human beings. We love to see combat. 
At the, yeah. When it comes to it, it's a stripped down version. It doesn't, it's no, it's not about the tools you got. It's not about the weapons you got. It's about man to man or woman to woman. Who's the best? Mono e mono. Who's the best that can take each other down? And if the discipline's boxing, great. It's all about what's going on up with your hands and your footwork is different. If it's about cage fighting, UFC, MMA, that's different too. So that's like we talk about. Very. Like when we talk about YouTube stars fighting MMA guys, if and I, we'll talk probably about that in a week or two. But if they were fighting in an actual MMA bout, you'd give it story. to you'd give it to the MMA guy. But you're gonna boot it, go in a boxing ring where one guy has a little bit more experience fine tuning boxing wise and the other guy does you got to give it to that guy i don't care if you think it's ugly or if you think it's this or that come on that's just odd so uh anyways so that was uh the zone uh over the weekend but they're really bringing it they are if you don't have that app download it and i think it's like i don't know 10 15 20 bucks a month something like that it's a it's a streaming service and there are other there are other sports on it yeah they have they have everything so Check it out. DAZN is a great, great app. You're going to see great fights. And yeah. the cool thing about DAZN is why they're doing so well, there's no pay-per-view fights on DAZN. You yeah. never have to pay extra for the fights. You pay for that monthly streaming service, and you get to see all of the big fights, the Canelo Alvarez fights, the Anthony Joshua fights. The, every, there's so many great fighters that are fighting for Oscar De La Hoya because Golden Boy Promotions works with DAZN quite yep. a bit, which is Oscar De La Hoya. So it's... It's a great service. It's worth it. I, I buy it. And so that's D-A-Z-N, DAZN. You mentioned the name Oscar De La Hoya. So big news over this week, a couple days ago actually, mm-hmm. Oscar De La Hoya announces in um, kind of a different fashion that he is coming back. He yep. is fighting this summer. That's your boy. You love Oscar. Oscar loves you. He knows who you are. He we, remembered we, me. We met up with him in, De- in December. Um, you know, when we we're in Dallas for, for Ashley Curry's fight and uh, that one guy, Ryan Garcia, his fight. That one guy. That one guy. So we had our, our meetup with him. Oscar De La Hoya recognized the baby blue eyes over here across the table from me immediately. Might not be able to see them, but. Even, even with one of these restricting masks on, well, mine's out of my pocket. I thought good, I might mask. Good. On. No masks in here. Well, you know, I'm not <laughs> sure. So uh, let's talk about that. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya yep. announcing that he is getting back in the ring. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about it, to be, to be fair, but Oscar, to be 100% fair, is one of my favorite fighters growing up as an amateur. So Oscar was in the Olympics, and he was, they call him, his name's Golden Boy for a reason. He was the only boxer on the USA team that won a gold medal that year. I, I can't remember the year now. I'm 90, 92. I, I can't remember the year. No, it was, it was in the 90s for sure. I remember when he won it. But he won a gold medal, and... I loved him. I wanted to mimic my style after him. I loved watching Oscar. Oscar's a Hall of Famer for sure. I don't know how I feel about him coming back, but, you know, so be it. I wish him the best. But Oscar made the announcement on Triller that he is coming back July 3rd. My birthday is July 2nd. This could be a cool little birthday party, and we can watch that fight. But it's on Triller. Oscar made the announcement um, with Snoop Dogg. They were doing – I think it was for the press – it was. matter of fact, I know it was. They were in Las Vegas. It was the press conference for Jake Paul versus mm-hmm. Ben Askren, mm-hmm. and Oscar De La Hoya was there, and him and Snoop Dogg were talking back and forth, which, by the way, how crazy is this that we're talking about boxing and we talk about Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg's involved. He's a part owner, I think, in Triller, and now he's, like, in on everything. Well, guess who else is going to be at the commentating booth for that fight, Uh-oh. for that lineup? Uh-oh, who? Mario freaking Lopez. Mm. My favorite guy. A.C. Slater. A. C. We had a whole Slater. episode basically geared towards Mario Lopez, A.C. Slater, Saved by the Bell. They, if, you, if you haven't seen that, go back into our catalog. I don't know what number it was, but you know we've done 39 of these things so far. Yep. But we talked at length, ad yep. nauseum, actually. I love, I love Mario Lopez. Yeah. I love Mario Lopez, who he is, what he does. Everything, like, yeah. just doesn't mean the guy's a perfect guy because he's not. All no, no one's faulted. perfect. No one's yeah. perfect. But, but I mean, he's I like close. him. The he's guy is pretty, dude. He's pretty close. He's he's, pretty close. he's high up on my list for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, he's so, he's at the top of the mountain. He's bo- and he's a boxing and he's a boxing guy. He's a boxing guy. So Oscar he De La Hoya fights. He, he trains with like he actually's been in the ring with Canelo. Yeah. Granted, Canelo wasn't going full force, but they sparred. It's of pretty course. cool. Of course. Like Mario Lopez can fight a little bit. So Oscar De La Hoya, 92, that was the gold medal in Barcelona. I was right. Um, so we're looking at summertime. It was June. Was it July 3rd. July 3rd. One day after my birthday. And 4th of July weekend. Yep. So Good who, choice. who do you think? I know some names have been tossed yeah, up. He, who are we thinking that might be in the opposite corner on that night? 
He called out Floyd Mayweather, and to be completely honest, I don't think it's that far-fetched because Floyd Mayweather was supposed to fight Logan Paul, and that fight's kind of fizzled out a little bit. And the next biggest fight, if Floyd Mayweather wanted to come back, and a fight that actually, they're both you know older now, and they're both retired. Obviously, Oscar's been retired longer than Floyd has been retired, but I don't want to see this fight because I think on the bigger picture of the actual real professional boxers, current, not real, current professional boxers, this fight really doesn't mean that much to me in, in the rankings and the world titles sure. and the legacies. Sure. But it's a fight that Oscar wants because Oscar lost a split decision to Floyd. I did not score in a split decision. I thought Floyd won that fight pretty easily. But there's a lot of people who thought it was very close. And Oscar wants his revenge. So I can see them promoting this. I can see this fight actually happening. I can see Floyd agreeing to this because he beat him once. And they're both similar age now. Oscar's a little bit older. But I, I honestly can see Floyd taking this fight because this is a blockbuster money-making that, fight. That was going to be my point. I don't think the product's going to be very good. However. It'll be solid, but it's not going to be elite level like Errol Spence type I, Terrence Crawford. I think, it's, I think the product's going to be disappointing. However, the lead up, the build up, everything, this is going to be a cash cow. This oh, is going wow. to be a, a, an amazing event that if I'm, if I'm trying to schedule a heavyweight championship bout, any other championship bout, I need to avoid the summer. I need to avoid before July 3rd. Because oh, yeah. this is going to dominate it. These are two household names. These yep. are two names that people that aren't boxing people know who they are. These are cash cows. These are cash cows. The 3rd of July is a Saturday. What's everyone doing the 4th of July weekend? Drinking, barbecuing, whatever. Turn the fight on. Depends on what state you're in, I guess. Uh, similar to last 4th of July, which we're still standing here in Florida, by the way. If you're lucky, you can celebrate 4th of July with your family. Yeah, if you're Did allowed, you know if our president allows us to. The president told us that Unreal. It is, you were very fortunate, and we could possibly spend it with our family. How, how anyone if could, you live in Florida, we've been how, spending a lot of holidays with our family. How anyone could spend those comments a different way, you're just refusing to acknowledge reality of what's going on up there. Anyways, the 3rd of July. Dude, everyone's going to want to watch this. I'll watch it. I'll Everyone. Turn of course you're going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Everyone's going to watch it. Everyone's going to want to tune into this and watch two household names, yes, past their prime, yes, they probably shouldn't even be <laughs> in the ring anymore, nah. but they want to see it. Everyone's going to want to see it. It's a spectacle. It's a spectacle. It is, and it's like I said, it's not, in my opinion, it won't be that type of a Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence type of fight, which is like thir two 30-year-olds in, the, in their prime going at no, it. it but that. I don't think Floyd Mayweather's lost a lot. Obviously, he's a little bit older, and he's retired, but he can still fight a little bit, obviously. And Oscar, you don't forget how to fight. The one thing is going to yeah. be is going to be – it depends on – I find it highly unlikely that Oscar is going to come out and fight a 10 or a 12 rounder right off the bat. But he might. The guy is – listen, at the end of the day, I say this all the time, but professional athletes that participate in singular sports like the one-on-one, -on -one, the mano y mano, mm. we're a little delusional. We are. We just are. You have to be, though. That's the thing. You have to be a little egotistical, a little delusional, sure. think that you can do anything. However, father time is undefeated, okay? That's the one thing that's undefeated, meaning you get old and you can't do that stuff anymore. Yeah, I mean, but what might help with this one is father time is equally at both of these guys. Yeah, So, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Money tends to help drive people into the right direction. Floyd will look at this and be like, oh, holy crap. And Oscar, for that matter, oh, that's a lot of money. They don't call Floyd Mayweather money made no, no, for no, 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 no reason. And, and so when we saw Oscar, it, I mean, yes, he wasn't in fighting shape, but he wasn't in bad shape when we no. saw him. No, he was He was slim. He, was, he looked okay. I'm, you know, he's not some slouch off the street. So this is plenty of time. If they can— Over three months. You know both camps are actively talking. You know this. Because yep. who's the other name that makes sense in that discussion against Oscar De La Hoya right now? Who? I've, well, heard, I've heard Manny Pacquiao be thrown around. No. Manny Pacquiao, I think, would eat his lunch. Yeah, so what's because the point? Manny's still active. Manny just beat an yeah. undefeated 30-year-old. So, so what would be the point? Yeah. Money would be the point. But Oscar's, if he's smart, which I think he is. He's a smart businessman. If he's smart, he's not going to take on a current high-level pro because right. they will eat his lunch. And I love Oscar, but I'm telling you right now, if Oscar fights a Manny Pacquiao or Oscar fights a Canelo or a Triple G, because Oscar back in the day was calling mm -hmm. out Triple G in them, mm -hmm. he loses. Yeah. He 100% loses. 
I think he still loses to Floyd Mayweather, but maybe not. And that's the selling point is because they're like, oh, Floyd's been out too. Who knows? And this is so much better for Floyd than a Jake Paul. Nothing against Jake Paul. You know, but Logan Paul, Logan Paul. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, the, Logan we get Paul. the brothers mixed. The That's brothers right. are tough. That's right. But yeah. Logan Paul, nothing against Logan Paul, but come on, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. First of all, weight classes are way different. Yep. Second of all, this is what people will want to see. Yeah. This is what's going to get money. It's more real. This is people are going to tune into this. Yep. So and that is interesting. I would, and I would, and it would be hard for me or anybody to be like, oh, this is a dumb fight. There's two has-beens. First of all, they are. But they're not washed up. They're not like technically that far gone. They're not. They're, but they're, are, are they? Is it Oscar De La Hoya World Championship level Oscar De La Hoya? No. Is it Floyd Mayweather pound for pound best in the world? No. But those guys are still pretty high level. And last I checked, most all of us tuned in about six months ago. Gosh, it's been six months, maybe less, five or six months, yeah. and saw Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. take take a swipe at each other, right? Yep. And that was an exhibition. So maybe this could be an exhibition. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Oscar said he wants a real fight. But my point is is that those two guys, they were kind of connected in their careers of possibly trying to make something happen, but it never did. Yep. There was no bad blood. There's no beef, no nothing. This is a potential rematch. This is a rematch situation yeah, for Oscar. There's some bad blood there. There's some bad blood, but the money in general, it's going to rain down on these guys. If they can make this fight happen, I'm, kinda, I'm pretty excited about this. If they can make this happen, yeah. we got something to look forward to. It's viable. It's viable and it's it's yeah. viable. It's it's legit in the in the terms of these guys are both I feel like similar levels, similar paths. And I'll tell you right now, one of the first times I started really watching and paying attention with Mayweather was when he fought De La Hoya. Yeah. I knew of him before for sure, but that the press conferences leading up to this, go back guys. Google Floyd Mayweather versus Oscar De La Hoya presser. Oh my gosh, Floyd was hilarious. Yeah. Like, he was hilarious. He talked such mad trash. It was funny. It was, like, very entertaining. And that's what we want. At the end of the day, there's a bunch of... At the end of the day, the true boxing fans are going to watch boxing no matter what. Yeah. It's the people that... It's the new people that you can bring in. Same with This fight's going to bring in the new people. That is the same for any sport. That's why the Super Bowl has the best ratings of any other game that's played for the Super Bowl or for the NFL all season long. It's because you get the fringe fans, people that are watching for different reasons. The the, the Super Bowl commercials, all that. Yeah, so it's going to be the same thing here where you got the boxing guys are going to tune in no matter what. I'll watch it. I might watch it. We might talk crap on it, but we're going to watch it. Fine, fine. And maybe we get hate the whole time leading up to it. I don't know. But you know what? We're all tuning in. There's going to be money behind it. Every sports media outlet's going to be covering it. That's what we want. And plus, what other sports going on at the same time? I think the NBA might be finishing up their season around that point. I think they're in June, I think. Yeah, so I think they'll be Title-wise, they might just be finishing at that point. I mean, what's going to carry sports fans into NFL starting again? Yeah. Stuff like this. Yep. Stuff like this. So that is very interesting. Oscar De La Hoya, July 3rd. And we're we're thinking. Probably on Triller as well. It's got to be Triller or DAZN. He, was, he announced it on Triller, and I think he oh, said he's going to fight on Triller. Okay, okay. Interesting stuff, interesting stuff. So Oscar De La Hoya, your boy, who you fought uh, a handful of times on a Golden Boy card. Yep. And so uh, actually what I wanted to do in this latter part of the segment we can Trav is talk to you about that. Because I know there's been a few times on our episodes where I just kind of ask you about your career, things along those lines. It's been a while. It's been a minute. But it's been a hot minute. since we've been talking about Oscar De La Hoya, we've been talking Golden Boy, I'm going to talk Weekend Trav. I'm going to talk Travis Hartman. And, uh, you know, one thing that I've kind of always been curious about, because we don't talk about this stuff. When we get together, we talk about what's going on, like life. We don't talk, yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about your career. You really, we don't talk about that stuff. But I want people to know your upbringing. I want people to know kind of your career, you know, the, the road you've taken. So one thing that came to mind is, yeah, you know what? I wonder what Travis Hartman's highlight his highlight of his professional career, what would that be if you were to think back at everything you've accomplished or everything you've been a part of, what's that one shining moment or milestone moment where you're like, this is, this is, it can't get much better than this. So I have two. One is, ironically enough, when I fought for Oscar De La Hoya, I fought Jorge Paez Jr. on HBO pay-per-view in Atlantic City, New Jersey. It was one of the coolest experience because how the magnitude of that fight. It was huge. It was on, for one, it was on HBO pay-per-view. Most people, again, HBO was the holy grail yep. of boxing. If you fought on HBO, you're at the top. That was the top of the top. But the coolest part about that story is 
I wasn't originally supposed to fight him on HBO. About two months prior, I was going to fight him on some regular H, uh, some regular pay-per-view. It wasn't an HBO pay-per-view, but it was like two months prior, and he ended up hurting his shoulder in training. So because he hurt his shoulder, there was the Antonio Tarver versus Bernard Hopkins fight coming up, and they were like, let's put Travis and Jorge on that fight card, make them a television fight as well. We were on the television portion of that pay-per-view, so it was kind of a blessing in disguise sure. for me because originally it wasn't supposed to be on HBO turned out i got an extra couple months to train as well and he was coming off of like a little bit of a shoulder injury so i was like for sure this is the coolest thing ever so bernard hopkins before that fight had announced that this was going to be his last fight and he was going to retire mm. he mm. ended up fighting 10 years later yeah. but <laughs> that was supposed to be like a monumental episode yeah, yeah. and the coolest part about that was antonio tarver had just got done <coughs> excuse me filming the rocky movie yeah the latest rocky movie yeah, yeah, yeah. so the, the, the focus and the media attention on this fight on HBO pay-per-view was huge. I got to meet so many cool people. Michael Jordan was ringside. Alan Iverson was there. Queen Latifah was there. Damon Waynes was there. Uh, Dr. J was there. Like, I know I'm missing some people there because that's been 10, 10, 10 plus years ago. I think it was 2006. 2006, yeah, 2006 or 2007. Somewhere in that time frame is when I fought on that HBO card. It was the coolest thing ever. And that fight is on YouTube, actually. I fought really well. Yeah. I fought my butt off. I lost the decision on points. But as soon as that fight got over, there's this guy named Sean Gibbons. He is the advisor now to Manny Pacquiao. Sean Gibbons, I'm not even exaggerating when I tell you this story. He'll, he'll repeat it. He'll tell it, too. He jumped in the ring. As soon as the fight was over, the fourth round, the bell rang. He jumps in the ring. He comes over to me and my dad and our team. He was like, oh, my God. He's like, this is the best I've ever seen you fight. And, like, because I just fought. A year prior, I fought Chavez Jr. and yeah. I lost, but I was really sick going into that fight. So that actually kind of helped me as well because they saw me fight Chavez Jr. and they were like, okay, this is a perfect fight for Piaz. He's 8-0, 9-0. Like, he can beat Travis because we saw what he did against Chavez Jr. So that's why they picked me to fight him. And I get in there and I surprised them because nobody really believed me. I was like, dude, I was sick going to the Chavez Jr. fight. I lost like five or six pounds. I was throwing up the night before. Yeah. I was stuck in my bedroom, had a fever, everything. And I still fought him. But so the, the, the Pius Jr. fight on HBO, Oscar De La Hoya was ringside. So now you know why he remembered me because even him, he was promoting Pius. And I think he was like, oh gosh, this yeah, Missouri yeah, boy yeah. is about to beat yeah. my guy who, who is like his dad is a former world champion, a hall of famer, Jorge Paez senior. So Oscar was literally ringside. If you watch the tape, you can see Oscar ringside watching our fight. Like eyes getting a little big as the fight goes on. Like, <laughs> Oh no, like we chose the wrong guy. So I say that is one of my best memories because it was on a big stage. A lot of people saw me fight. A lot of people watched that fight. And a lot of people were like, Oh my gosh, like that fight, if that fight would have been in Travis's hometown, he might've won. But since mm. it was on HBO, it was on Golden Boy card, it was a Golden Boy fighter, an undefeated guy who they were bringing up. And mind you, Jorge Paez had knocked out every single fighter that he'd fought before that. Yep. So they were like expecting a knockout. And not only did they not get a knockout, they got me fighting my butt off. Yeah, and yeah, I can yeah. fight. I have plenty of time to train. So it was cool because Emmanuel Stewart, um, Larry Merchant, all of those big-time HBO guys were commentating my fight doing nothing but giving me compliments after after though after the first round Emmanuel Stewart's like wow we got a live dog here this guy's the underdog but look out like this kid can fight like and they were like talking so good about me and I was just like oh they, like I didn't know when I was fighting but when I watched it later yeah you can look it up and they were talking so positive about me so it was overall I lost but it was a close fight I got a lot of kudos for that fight like I can fight you give me time to train I can fight with the best in the world hands down and that's not even bragging but i promise you i can fight and those guys saw it and they were just like wow i mean that's like that's one hell of a story i mean compared to the typical story from some random high school football player that has the what if story and yeah. the close game i almost won the state title the close game for the conference uh you know district runner-up game whatever else that's freaking incredible you say you have two stories what yeah. what could even be in like the same stratosphere because so far what you told me you laid uh, the backdrop you have all these people there you're on you're on hbo you're on tv you got these guys commentating these guys that household names over that used to you know, hall come of famers to. man 
Michael, Bu- Michael Buffer announced my fight. Which, if you're watching our video, even in the audio, you hear that him. The, that's that fight, yep. You hear him say it in our opening for this podcast. That's Michael Buffer announcing me, yep. That is not some BS thing we put in. That's the actual fight. So That's real. What in the world could even come close to that? Well, so here's... I've gotten to fight in a lot of cool places. Yeah. I've been all over the world, Denmark, Germany, France, uh, Canada, everywhere. I fought everywhere. I've, uh, but Canada is one of the coolest places in the world? Well, there was a part of the places. Like, most people don't okay. get to fight in that place. So okay. I mentioned it. Okay. But, okay. And Madison Square Garden in New York. I've gotten to fight in some really cool places, but that was my number one because of the experience sure. and how I performed, all of that. But my number two is when I upset the guy, the guy's from Lebanon, I believe, um, Ahmad Shiko. He was like 16 and two or something. They called me on 11 days notice. Mm-hmm. I was in Hawaii mm-hmm. yep. with Irina. I had a pair of gloves with me, mm-hmm. no bag, no coach, no nothing. I was shadow boxing on a tennis court for this fight. I didn't spar one time. I didn't hit the mitts one time. I flew in for the fight two days before the fight. I land, we go to the press conference and the next day we fight. And I was, a, I was like a 10 to one underdog, like a massive underdog. And I knocked the guy out in the fifth round. And for me, it was just kind of solidified. Like, my record is terrible. My pro record, it's not a good record. I went 156 and 13 as an amateur, and the pro wasn't sure. as good. And, Obviously, I had 45, 46 pro fights. It's not always if you have an awesome amateur career, you're also going to be an awesome pro or vice versa. I think the two sports, actually, are two sports. The one sport is night and day not, compared to amateur to pro. Not everyone's a Lomachenko. Very right. true. There yep. you go. So, and we know plenty of guys that are good professionals that had a terrible no. amateur career, right? Yep. And so, if if you're a gambling person, you should have bet on you that night, ten yeah. to one, right? Yeah. I should have bet on myself, and I'm not a betting man, as you guys know. Yeah, yeah. I predict a lot of stuff, right? But I never bet. <laughs> but I should. I should yeah. have put a lot of money on myself that yeah, night because I would go. have won some money. Yeah. But it was. I wasn't. And that's the thing about it all. I wasn't. This is also why it was my top. It's it's a tie. It's not number two. It's number one with my um, HBO fight. But the cool part about it is, and the most terrifying part about it was, this was the first time Irina oh, ever came and watched me that's fight. That's right. That's right. So I was very, very nervous because I was like, honest to God, and I've told her this a couple of days before we left to come, I almost told her not to come. Yeah. Because I was that worried because I knew I wasn't prepared. 11 days of training, all I did was cardio. We got to talk about that. Maybe not today. Probably not today. Actually, maybe another episode. Just the dynamic between two professional athletes. You guys are engaged, getting married at you know at some point very shortly. Um, but what that dynamic is when you both are watching each other compete. Was, what's going through your mind? And I actually want to pick her brain too. At some point, yeah. I want to interview her. Maybe maybe on in this corner segment and just talk to her yeah. about her experiences with you. And I think the general population that listens to us wants to hear that too as well. But just the dynamic, you get two professional athletes coming from two different sports and what that's like in the in the house, when she, when you're at the court, when, when she's watching you at the ring, kind of what that is. Yeah. That's, that, that's an interesting dynamic that not, not every, you know, casual person out there or random person out there would have that experience because most of us are just Joe Schmoes. We just go about our normal day. We're not a professional athlete. We've never <laughs> fought across the world, winning record or not. And we have not experienced these things. So that's why I want to make sure that we're, we're properly documenting this and giving you the props you deserve for all you've accomplished. That. But also, Arena, she's done amazing things. Incredible she has things. 100%. And how the heck did we get hooked up, you and me? She is <laughs> mighty. Listen. You know, I don't want to get too godly, but I do believe that God puts certain people in our lives yes. for a reason. And every person that we cross paths with has already been, it's fate. It's supposed to happen. I yeah. genuinely believe that. And I especially agree. now, the older I am, I believe that there's certain people that get brought into our lives, good or bad, because I've had a lot of bad in my lives as well. Yeah. And God, I think, was testing me and trying to make me grow as a person. And that's why today, where I'm at today, I'm in a really good place because I, I feel like I, I notice all that stuff now because I've done... I've, pro for over 16 years you know i've gotten to travel the world doing what i love i've been with irena watched her and went with her and traveled the world and seen a lot and and was in a lot of different cultures been all over the world we've seen a lot of different stuff third world countries china asia everywhere over that we've seen a lot of like crazy stuff but at the end of the day it's made me more humble and more thankful for all those opportunities and again all those people that i met along the way I met you because of boxing. Yeah. Because you were training at the, uh, it was called LA Boxing at the time. Yep. That's where I met you. So boxing, that's why people 
want to talk about my professional boxing record and what they don't realize is that there's a lot more that goes into that record but i can't regret any of those no. because i met these people because of boxing oscar de la hoya i met oscar de la hoya because of boxing i also fought five six seven times for oscar de la hoya so even though i lost all of my big fights i did on the big stage i lost to madison square garden everywhere but i was there i was yeah. in the arena and did I lose? Yeah, I did. I fought the best in the world. Literally, pound for pound best in the world, Terrence Crawford. I fought them all. But I don't regret them. No. People give me a hard time sometimes for my pro record. That's stupid. But at the end do. of the day, I'm just like, it is what it is. I, can't, I, I wish, I, like I said, I went 156 and 13 as an amateur. I didn't lose very often. That was over 15 years. Yeah, I only lost yeah. 13 fights. So, yeah, my pro career, it's very hard for me to accept that. But now that I'm older and more humble, I'm just like, Look what I got to experience. Look what I got to see. It goes Look what beyond I got to the meet. record, as, as we, we talk about all the time. It's like a person that's zero and one is better than somebody that's zero and zero. Never actually got off their couch, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, like you actually, you experience life so far to the fullest. And you're, you're entering new stages of life, too, which is amazing. And I'm, I'm happy to be on this journey with you as your friend, uh, getting up, being able to see this new stuff. Because I wasn't... I didn't know. I didn't know Weekend Trav during really the the highlights of his career, things like that. We met each other several years ago, like you mentioned, at the LA Boxing. It flipped over to UFC gym. So I've met some incredible people that have come out of Central Florida that have fought for UFC and other places as well. And it's just the combat sports community, as 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 Weekend Trav has has kind of made you all aware of, is such an interesting network of people and and kind of tight knit. And so when you, when you meet somebody, you kind of share an experience. You always have that to draw on, and it's, just, it's such a cool thing. When I was able to go to Dallas with, with you guys and I was second in the corner for Ashley Curry, it was, I was just soaking everything in. I, Pretty cool. With my normal day-to-day life, I've never experienced anything like that on the professional sports level, right? I'm, I'm a spectator. Yeah. I'm, I've never been on the other side of the curtain. It's incredible. And, and the conversations that you would have with these guys – and I was just honestly just soaking it in like a fish. Like, I don't even know what to do here because I'm so out of my element that I just want to listen. And it was so cool. So, um, you know, with that, I mean, we could talk all day about boxing experiences, things like that. And I want to do more of that. I want to make sure that we're doing more of that. And I think our listeners want to hear that because people that watch us and, and listen to us on the audio or the video, they love you. They want to make sure that, that they're experiencing you and all that's going on right now in your life. And then uh, my, my, some of my people are watching me too. You know, they want to see what I'm up to. Are, yeah. But anyways. I have so. a favorite quote that I want to give. Because we're just talking about critics and people that criticize like my pro career. Sure. There's this favorite quote that I have. It's not mine. It's Theodore Roosevelt said it. Yeah, and you. it's so perfect. It's, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcomings. Shortcomings who does actually strive to the doer deeds, who does great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who is best known in the end, the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Oof. And you made a good, and that's, Oof. you said a guy who was 0-1 or 0-0. The guy who was 0-0, he doesn't know victory nor defeat. The guy 0-1, at least at the very, at the very least, he knows defeat. Yeah. That's something that no man can experience unless they've been in that ring. And yeah. I literally, this is the best combat sports quote ever. And Theodore Roosevelt said it. And I believe he was actually a big boxing guy. But it's a great quote. And again, you know what? Did I lose a lot as a pro? I did. But it's, there's no error without um, going for it, you know? And that's why I want to take it to a different level here. When I, when I do, when we're just talking to the general population that listens to us or our friends or family, whoever is supporters, Beyond your career, beyond anything I've done from of, you know, sports and, and things like that, it's more encouraging, like, listen, if you want to run that 5K, if you want to train for that marathon, if you want to lose weight, if you want to do these things, it just take, you got to take the first step. Yep. Take the first step. The first Even step is if, the most important step. And, and you know what? Sometimes that first step is failure. 
A lot of times, most of the time it is. Most of the time is, and you and you learn. The whole point of failure, and I'm a big believer in you got to fail because that's how you learn and you grow and you get better as a human being. But especially on uh, if you're training for a race or a run or something along those, I've done a ton, five Ks. I've done a ton of marathons, a ton of half marathons, and I don't always run the best race, but I learn stuff along the way. But you know what? I know I've done more than the person that can criticize from their couch on Facebook like, oh, your, your time sucked. Yeah. Yeah, what was your time? Yeah. How fast were you to your fridge? How fast were you to criticize me on Facebook rather than experiencing the things that I did, putting that couple of hours of work on my feet and the, the, just the blood, sweat, and tears and goes yep. into everything. I encourage those. If you need to take that first step into something that's going to be life-changing and a habit of sorts on the physical front, do it. Take the first step, whatever that is, take it. My most favorite part of that whole thing is the, the, the quote where, and who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. Exactly. Most people are too scared to take that step because, especially nowadays, they're too scared to take that step because of the ridicule they'll get on the internet or, or anywhere else. It's so and, silly. And at the end of the day, Listen, I knew going into every single one of those fights, especially when I fought on TV, that I, put, I was putting myself in a position to, to fail in front of millions. Literally, the HBO pay-per-view card, millions watched that around the world. So I put myself in that position, but at the end of the day, my advice to anybody is, again, if you're going to fail, at least fail trying to do something great. Well, but see, the, you make a good point because at a certain level, a certain point in your career, you know why they're bringing you in there. 100%. You know, they're not saying, hey, uh, Travis Hartman or whoever. We're bringing you in here because we think you're going to beat the guy that's eight no. No, you want. We're trying to test him. They want to test him, okay? But they also want to make him look good if it's possible. So you understand that we've had that conversation before. You've told me plenty of times in the past couple of fights you had. They didn't think I was going to go in there and win. That's why. That's why towards the end of my career too, when I was fighting, not even the end, middle of it, when I was fighting guys like Keith Thurman or Terrence Crawford or mm -hmm. or the Paez or those guys. I knew why they were bringing me in. And yeah. I also, they knew strategically, they called me up on five days notice to fight Keith Thurman. Kid was good. He was 9-0, nine knockouts at the time too. But they knew we can't give Travis a month or two months of training. Right. But he's got a name. He actually can fight. Whether he's in shape or not, he's going to get out there. And he's going to put up his best effort. And I did. Every time I put up my best effort at that time for yeah. the amount of training that I had. So it happens. So what I will say is go out there and put forth your best effort with whatever you're doing. Because you know what? Even if you fail in it, you were at the game. You were at the start line, you were wherever man. you were, at work, in your, in your personal life, at home, you were there. You were making the effort, even if it fails, you were making the effort and not sitting on the sidelines or sitting back on your couch like a chump on your phone, thinking that you, you can be a social warrior of some sort. Yep. You were there putting forth the effort, even if you fail. And you know what? What's going to happen at some point? You're not going to fail. Yeah. We've talked about this before. We were like, I, you, really, you looked at me one time and I was just like, fail, fail again. Fail even better. Yeah. Fail again, again, and again. And eventually you will succeed. You will. Because you can't fail your entire life. I promise you. If you're trying, if you're in the position to fail, it means you're in the right arena. Yeah. Because you're putting yourself out there. And if you keep, keep doing that, I promise you, you're going to win. Sometime and that and that win is not necessarily a, a sporting event win. I'm talking about life. Yeah. I'm talking about whatever your career is. Your financial advisor. You went through a really bad time in the 08 crash, right? 2007 to 08 crash, right? You went through a really bad time, but guess what? You didn't throw the towel in. You've been a financial advisor now what 12, 15 years 17, now? Yeah. 17 years. So yeah, yeah. you you didn't succeed the whole way. No, you didn't. There was failures there, Absolutely. but guess what? You there did. Always is. You didn't give up. And yep. that's exactly why you are where you're at right now, because yeah. you didn't give up. And that's not to say you're never going to fail again. We're I still will. growing I expect, every day. I expect at some point, because you know what, if you, if you, don't, if you expect to always hit it right, or if you expect to always get things perfectly, then, then, then you're already setting yourself up for this failure anyways. Yeah. It's going to happen. But it's how you respond to it. How, how does the water respond to a, to a rock being thrown in it? Does the water give up and go away? Does it retreat? No. It figures out how to engulf the rock, and it figures out the ripple effect of it, and how, how does it then continue to exist and coexist with the rock, with, with the adversity thrown yep. in it. That's the same here. That's the same with what you do for a living now, what I do for a living, and even at home, right? And yeah. With everything. Everyday so, life. This is everyday life. This isn't just about sports. No. It's the funniest thing ever is they always say, they're like, uh, 
A ship doesn't sink because of the water around it. It sinks when the water gets inside of it. Mm. Okay? So just just keep pressing forward at all times. And, and listen, all of the distractions around you, they can't affect you unless you get it, let it get inside of you. Right. And right. that's failure. You, when you let failure get to you and not knowing that failure is part of the process, that's when you will fail. Ultimately, you will. If you let the fact that when you go into an event, you're worried about failure, you're going to fail for sure. You have to go into that knowing that failure is part of the process. Yeah. Okay? It's not the fi- finality of it all. It's part of the process. And people, people, especially nowadays, it's called the popcorn syndrome, is where they want stuff now, 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 now. Yeah. That's when you are going to fail. When you think it's going to come now, now, now. I'm not saying go into a boxing match or go into your job expecting to fail right away. Don't don't expect to fail. You want to expect to succeed for sure. If you happen to fail, it's not the end of the line. Mm -hmm. It's only the end of the line when you quit. Never quit. If you never quit, you can never ultimately fail. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. You want this job. Go get it. Because what's interesting about life in general is that you might think – you're trying to strive for this one goal or this job or the, whatever it might be, but God might have a different plan for you. But the whole time you're grinding towards this, doors are opening and closing at the same time. And you might end up somewhere completely different. And when you look backwards, you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? You didn't get here because you were just letting everything take over and failure take over. No, you kept pressing forward. And before you know it, maybe you're in a different job, a different role, a different part of the country or world. And you're like, huh. That's not where, this isn't where I set off to be, yep. but this is where I am, and the journey's been awesome. Failures and not failures. So I think that's the best place for us to just put a bow on it. Put a bow on it. I, is, I don't know if that's how you actually tie a bow. Tie I bow? Don't know, I don't know. Billy Blanks. Um, so we can draft. Final thoughts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with that quote again. Uh, it's a mouthful. He who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. I like it. I like it. So, thank you for subscribing. Media partners, thank you so much. IF Enterprises, Gulfstream Financial, and TH Boxing. We always appreciate the media support. This is episode 39. Um, I am just happy to be here with you. I'm happy to be at this table and we talk about life. We talk about boxing, but it always expands out to other stuff. This is what I love about what we do on this podcast. So thank you so much for subscribing. And if you're not, just just hit it. Just hit the subscribe button. Or if you're listening to us on iTunes or, or Spotify or anywhere else, just hit the little button. Really? Give us a like. Give us just some give, feedback. Give us some feedback. Give us some feedback. Anyways, that there is Weekend Trev. That there is B Money, a.k.a. producer, a.k.a. amazing person. Wow. Thank you so much. God bless, and uh, happy Palm Sunday. All right.